And I think to be that coach, the coach that's able to move people through tough situations, I think you have to be able to be incredibly honest with the person that's in front of you. If you open that line of communication and you find a coach that is willing to do all that stuff with you, I feel like it's going to be just a recipe for success. Hey everyone, welcome to Apex Golf IQ, the podcast that helps you become a smarter golfer with a club in and out of your hand. I'm KB Blanchard, and today I'm here in the lab recording with Wyatt Larkin. How's it going, guys? Callahan Elsey. Hey, everybody. And PGA Pro Quinn Griffin. Good morning. Today's episode is going to be about how to pick a coach. Before we dive into that topic, I just want to let you guys know uh, to subscribe and leave a comment for us. So, how to pick a coach. Let's go ahead and dive right into that. Well, I think that the first thing I use my experience when I was down in Florida, um, you know, I was out of college and I was down there in Orlando and I didn't know anybody. And a good friend of mine, Dick Mass, said, uh, are you working with anybody? I says, I'm not. He says, uh, do you want to work with uh, a, a gentleman that I'm working with? I said, who is that? He says, David Ledbetter. I go, who's David Ledbetter? And David Ledbetter just, just came over from Europe and just kind of started making his mark. And uh, Dick said, you know, he's just got really great qualifications. And then he's got a really good setup down at Greenleaf, which is down in Haines City, which is south of uh, Orlando. So that really influenced me. You know, the first thing I'd look is the qualification of the teaching professional you're going to work with. You know, what's his, what's his background in golf? So, you know, it seems like there's more of these coaches that are, are ex-players, football, basketball, baseball. And again, they understand the pitfalls because they've experienced that. And then the second I would look up is the setup. What kind of a academy do they have? What kind of facility they have to, to help your game? I mean, if they're in a, in a eight by 10 building, I mean, you're limited of what you could do with your growth of your game. And so I, I think those are two things that, that struck me when I started working with David Ledbetter. He had both of those already established. And of course, the, the rest is history is probably arguably uh, could be one of the best teachers of all time, him and Butch Harmon. What was it about David that made you feel like he was the best instructor of all time? Um, he's prepared. So when you go into David's office, on his wall, he would have, shoot, could be 3,000 videos all stored up in, in, in cartridges. And, of course, that's, that's old-timers. But he'd have that, and he was always studying the swing and studying the movement pattern and I felt like when he came to my lesson, he was prepared for me, Quinn. And uh, so I think his preparation and his diligence behind the scene, I think, is what separated him. And I think what separates really good teachers, you know, you can't just walk into a lesson and you're with uh, Tom Smith and say, hey, what did we do last week? All right, let's try it again. I, I think you need to prepare for your lessons. Just like, you know, a doctor, you go and get an exam from a doctor and you get this Callahan with your dad being in the business. He doesn't just come in. He looks at the chart and looks at the blood work and looks at what's going on. And then he comes into that meeting prepared to discuss it. And you, and you as a student, you, you definitely feel that the coach is more invested when they come prepared like that versus they're like just winging it, say, oh, this is what's wrong today. Yeah. Well, I've had the privilege of being out at uh, Champions Gate where he teaches now and the facility that they're in now. They have this whole facility built out. Kind of like a V1 room. They have the huge, uh, huge room with like a 360-degree view of your swing. Um, and like you said, in his office, I mean, it looks like he has every piece of gadget that you could think of uh, and at his, you know, at his will to be able to help you. So Yeah, no question. He's invested. It's interesting because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with him on January 2nd of 2021. I scheduled a lesson with him. 
I'm excited about doing that. So I hadn't seen David in about, oh, I'd say five years. And I saw him at the PGA National Merchandise Show, and he's doing a book signing. So I stood in line, and, and you know, of course, he's just signing away, signing away. And as soon as his head comes up, he goes, Quinn Graffane, how are you? And what struck me is this man teaches so many different players, and he remembered me. You know, and of course, we spent a lot of time together, but I wasn't his star student. So I think another thing a coach does is he's invested in his player. He knows his player and never forgets that. I'm sure that that feeling that you had right there when he looked up and saw you was something that you'll probably never forget. No, and it's something, Callahan, that I've tried to impress on me so much that when I got into full-time teaching, I wanted to be that. And so uh, that's the kind of coach I want to be. I want to be invested in my players. I want to be invested in their family. I want to be able to be a resource to not only help them on the golf course, but help them away from the golf course. And I think that's what a good coach does. Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I, I started with, uh, his name's Craig Forney down in Johns Creek at River Pines Golf Club. And uh, I met him, like I said, at five years old. And I just was looking for somebody that had, like, similar similar drive to me. Um, it was mainly my, my father that found him, but I really fell in love with him after I played some played some holes with him. And, I mean, from five years, from five years old all the way to current, like, if I give him a call or anything like that. He knows what my goals are. He knows what I'm working towards. And so what I did was I found somebody that had the same, uh, compass, moral compass as me, you know, and, and it, it just kind of, it, we worked as a team. And I think that was a large part of my reason why I stuck with Craig when I was younger. And, and he always, you know, he always reached out and was like, Hey, how'd you do in your tournament? He always wanted to know where I was going and just how I was doing, not just as a player, but as a person, he just wanted to make sure I was okay. And so that meant, meant a lot. So you felt like he 100% cared about you as an individual? Correct, yeah. And I think that's what made our, our relationship grow. And now, I mean, him and I are, you know, best friends, basically. Yeah. So That's awesome. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, you know, you look online and Instagram has such a strong presence with all these golf coaches putting stuff on there and <clears throat> using that as a marketing tool as well. But I think the key is, uh, listeners, you're hearing this, is what I would do is I would set up, like here at Apex, we do something, we do it for a reason. We create an evaluation. So a client calls us, Mr. Smith calls us, and he'll set up an evaluation with Callahan or White or KB or myself, and they'll come in for a 30-minute evaluation. So we'll collect data from them, and then we start asking them questions. We start asking them what they, you know, what their goals are, and then we try to like White's describing, we try to pair it up. We try to pair up the teacher that would fit that style, okay? And then, again, get them into a program. So I think any of you out there listening, I think to walk up um, and take a lesson without doing an interview is a mistake, okay? So uh, about eight years ago, right before Cameron um, McCormick, excuse me, uh, Jordan Spieth won the Masters, I played with Cameron down at uh, Crooked Stick. Titus put on a, a seminar and had eight of us golf professionals come down and listen to Cameron talk. Very, uh, very um, worthwhile trip. So anyway, <clears throat> Cameron said that Jordan and his dad came and interviewed three golf professionals in the Dallas-Fort Worth area before Jordan signed on with Cameron. So right there, you got a, a guy that's won three majors, and they had that principle. So I think you really need to sit down with who you're going to potentially work with and ask a lot of questions. And, and there's, you know, you can Google it. What question should I ask a, gal, a coach? And then you'll come on in there with five questions that make sense. And then you want them to match your goals. Because, again, a, a program's got to be customized, and it's got to be customized to what you want. So, 
So uh, can you give me an example of one of those questions you would ask yourself being a student? Like what, what question, say I'm a new student and I'm trying to find a coach. What do I ask myself to determine what kind of coach I align with? Or what well, kind of coach again, if you're, if you're the guy that says, hey, I just want to get a little bit better, yeah. okay, then you'd say, hey, what's your pedigree on developing raw players? Mm-hmm. Okay, to do that. If you're a player that says, I have aspiration of playing D1 golf, what's your, your pedigree as a competitive player? Did you play college golf? Have you played competitive golf? Because I'd want a coach that aligns to where I'm going. Yeah, I would say that you both have to have a clear objective in mind. And your job between the two of you as a team is to try to find the way, the best way to get yourself from point A to point B to that objective, keeping that in mind the whole time. I agree. So what you're saying is, is like when we're looking at coaches, we're looking at their experience and their and their playing time, right? Like yourself, Quinn, you played major championships. You played on the Champions Tour. So if I was a young player, that would be something I would definitely be ambitious about finding, right? Is that person that has been in that situation and can explain those high pressure situations and how to deal with them. There, I mean, you got to you got to go get it from the horse's mouth, right? You know, talk to somebody that's had that experience. Yeah, not only that, but word of mouth is another huge thing. You can talk to some of your peers or other other players on your golf team, and that's a good way to determine what coach as well because there might be kids that you're friends with in, the, in your community that really like a certain individual being their instructor. If they've had good success with them, why not try it out and see if that fits for you too? Yeah. We had uh, we ran the hurricane tour up at Glen Darren about three weeks ago, and it was interesting that two parents came up to me and says, are those players from Apex? We've heard Apex has got a really nice facility, and they really do a wonderful job coaching. I said, why is that? He says, they're very systematic in their approach. And so parents observe other players and see their mannerisms, and they're a little bit more structured. They know they're coming from some kind of a, a program that has that. So that's another way. I mean, my whole career as a teacher, I always felt it was important that I would go out and watch kids play, watch Callahan play, and all these other players mingle with the parents and ask questions because parents are really lost. They, they're confused on what their role should be as uh, a parent. That's where it gets dicey, and I think a good coach, again, has that ability to help the parents uh, navigate the minefields of what the support should be and, and, and how they should act and how they should push and all that. So, again, that's another good thing a coach does. So to round out what we've been talking about for a bit here, um, so we looked at our pedigrees. Like when you're when you're a player and you're looking for a coach, we want to look at what that coach has done in the past, right? You want to know what his experiences are, where he played, what he did. Um, also, the investment. Does it look like that coach wants to put the time and effort into taking care of his players, you know, taking care of you, reaching out and being a part of your life? You know, because a golf coach is not just a golf coach. He is a life coach. Hundred percent. Yep. Hundred percent. I agree with that. And then the setup is his setup accessible for 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 the players? Does he? I mean, okay, so he's he has twenty students, but can he acquire another person and be able to you know work with you? Does he have the technology that is going to help you be successful and get to that next level? Right. So definitely do your research and 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 really put the time in and 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 honestly know that this is one going to be one of your biggest investments in your golf career. This is kind of an open table discussion, curious what everyone has to say, but do you feel like a golf instructor or your golf coach should be a friend of yours or should be like maintain a little bit of distance, like a professional distance? 
I think there's a fine line between that because a coach is someone who's supposed to challenge their students. So if you're too much of a friend, you're not, the challenge goes off the table, then it's like, oh, we're just hanging out for a golf lesson and you're paying me for it. Versus I, I want to challenge my players to where they say, okay, KB's a really good friend, but he's also a good mentor, a good coach, and he challenged me, challenges me to reach my goals and my ambitions. So I would say there's a fine line there. That's like when you get trained by a Q or Quinn over here, yeah. you, you have some type of like physical punishment right yeah, at the end exactly, of it, right? Yeah. He's like your best friend. And then all of a sudden it's like, and it's ah. like now you're doing walking lunges because <laughs> you can't hit a shot under pressure. <laughs> well, I, I think if you, if, if the coach is um, too close to you, Cal, I think the danger of that is if you kind of put the foot down, it creates a fear in them. So it's, it's a, it's kind of what I call love and limits. You got to have, Love and love doesn't have to be that cuddly love. Love is a support. Hey, how did you play today? How's things going? Hey, I know we had a tough game. Hang in there. That's love. That's communicating. Firmness is hey, turkey butt, get in there and work on your on your putting. You know, or drawing out what they need to do. And and you don't have to say it with a firm voice. You can say it with a body language. It says hey, it's time to clean up the act. And I've I've done that recently with a couple of my players. I says you want performance and you want to be this player but yet you don't want to put the time in it. And I, I use this all the time. I says, it seems to me, I want you to be better than you want to be. And when I say that to a player, it's two things are going to happen. They're going to prove me right that they want it less than I do, or they're going to say, that coach is right. I'm, I'm not stepping up. Because I always tell the parents, it's so important that we meet on the same plane. They got to meet with the energy level. So if my energy level is nine, they got to be nine or, or higher. Because if my energy is nine and they come in at six, we're not going to accomplish anything or vice versa. Yeah, players should be looking for a coach that helps them be a competitor, helps them fight through adversity. Because obviously, the, well, the biggest thing that anybody um, has to fight through is adversity. It's the failure of things. So being a coach that can help uh, force your or get your player over that knoll that's such a, you know, some type of task or whatever, that just, that, that just puts another uh, notch on the – on the leather for that, that player and gets them that experience. And I think to be that coach, the coach that's able to move people through tough situations, I think you have to be able to be incredibly honest with the person that's in front of you and be able to be very vulnerable, very open up front. And I think if a player comes to you with the understanding that, Hey, my coach is, he cares about me. He wants to see me succeed. I feel like I, as a player, am able to ask him questions, be able to, question him and I feel like if you open that line of communication and you find a coach that is willing to do all that stuff with you I feel like it's going to be just a recipe for success Callahan you used that word communication I think that is a vital piece too is you know when I sit down and talk to the coach how, I'd ask the question how much should we talk behind the scenes because I think communication is everything today in with a, with a player because you got to know the right time. So when a player pay, uh, doesn't play well, I think you need to communicate to the player, hey, I'm thinking about you. You don't need to solve any issue, but they need to know that that you you feel the pain too. And, I, and every time my players play poor, I promise you I feel the pain, okay? And when they play good, I just gloat. I just walk on just just so happy. So, I mean, we, you know, we just invested in those players. So I, I think it's really important to stay really connected with them. So communication would be another question I'd ask. And quite honestly, the best way to find those out is I'd find a player that's working with KB and I'd go to that player and say, tell me, Tommy, about your relationship with KB. 
tell me what he does. What, what do you like what he does? What do you like what he doesn't do? I'd ask those questions. I mean, and I, I think you'll find just more honest answers that way. Well, Quinn, back to what you said there with investment. Most coaches do have more than one player. Um, not unless you're like a PGA tour coach, you might have maybe one or two guys, but most, most coaches have multiple different students. So you have to, when you're picking a coach, you kind of have to assess to determine if their time frame fits, if their practice plan or facility makes sense with what you're trying to do. I mean, not all coaches are going to be the best fit for you. So if you, if you try one, and you don't like it and they don't have the right time availability and it doesn't work for your schedule away from golf, then you might have to make a decision and, and change that. I think a good coach will lay out the script. They'll say, hey, listen, KB, I want to see you in here every 10 days. And in between those 10 days, I want you practicing three days. And on the days you're practicing, here's exactly how I want you practicing. The first 30 minutes, I want you doing this. Second 15 minutes, I want you doing this. The last 15 minutes, I want you to do this. So a good, really good coach will create the script along those lines. I know Ledbetter did that with me. Ledbetter was a big advocate. It was one thing at a time, 21 days. So he wouldn't allow me to come on back in that stage until I got enough reps under my belt. But I was a more skilled player, and you can do that with a more skilled player. With a, a more novice player, you, you, you're going to need them more often. So what I, what I, KB, you've heard this. I don't know if I've shared this with Callahan or White, but I've learned over the years if I'm on a, say, kind of a beginner golfer, I'm communicating after every shot, okay? And so now if they're like a – Know, 18 handicapper, I'm communicating after every three shots. If they're a single-digit handicapper, I'm communicating after every seven shots. If they're a skilled player like a Callahan or Wyatt, I might not say anything for five minutes. Okay, So I think you have to match your input based on their skill set. Correct. And I think that, you know, looking at, you know, like a novice player versus a a very experienced player is like a block practice idea you know like if they're really you know like if it's like a new player they're obviously trying to learn a new movement you can't skip all around I mean they literally got to spend sometimes they got to spend a whole lesson on like a certain movement just to try to get it even down so then when you got the experienced player it's about a feeling right it's about getting you know they have to you show them what they need to do and then they really have to grind out like what they got to get done right so basically what I'm what I'm hearing here is that there are infinite types of golfer there are, there's a scratch golfer, there's the 10 handicap, there's the person who just picked up a club last week. And for each different golfer, there will be a custom game plan. There will be a custom practice plan. It all is different. It is not the same for every player. And with that being true, it also must be true that there's not one coach for every player. It is up to the golfer and the coach, in my opinion, to A, determine if they are the right fit for each other with communication, personality style, teaching style. And once they kind of agree that they are the right fit, it is their job then to determine if the objectives that they have laid out, if they are something that is going to be able to be accomplished. An obtainable goal. An obtainable goal. I love it. Yeah, Cal, referring back to the keyword that I heard you say there was style, uh, what would some of those styles be? Because I know most students learn differently, most teachers teach differently. So what are some of those teaching styles in y'all's opinion? I think that there's, well, it's more like a leadership role, but transformative leadership uh -huh. uh, or transformative coach. So if a coach is very well-rounded and has like a goal-oriented type of personality, so they every day they wake up, they have a certain regimen they follow, they have their own personal goals. You know that that coach is going to be dedicated to what he does. He's going to wake up. He's going to, 
He's going to go work out. He's he's going to try to accomplish his goal. So the more that that player or kid or human being stays around that coach, that type of thing, you know, follow follow Love suit, them. right? Yeah, exactly. Correct. Exactly. So I feel like you should be a um, example for your players, you know, and that's like, you know, I try my best to work out every morning and, and I'm, I'm also working to play professionally. So I have my goals that I'm trying to set. So, and I explain that to my students because I'm, I have my own goals. So I'm working hard as well. Yeah. So they know that you're kind of not just focused on just them, but you also have some of your own ambitions as well. So that they can kind of pair up with that and say, wow, if he's, if he's working this hard at his stuff, he's going to also work hard at helping me reach my goals as well. Yeah, no question why I like that because, you know, I've you heard this analogy before. If, if you went to the gym and you interviewed three instructors and one looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger, one looked like kind of a CrossFit guy, and one, one other person was kind of in this kind of yoga style. Whoever you hired, you're going to take on that. You're going to become an Arnold CrossFitter or a yoga because that's what they know. That's what they're an expert at. So knowing the golf coach's background and, uh, what, you know, it would be interesting if you could do this, which I think it's tough to do. We do it here in Apex. Once we have established a student, we go out and play with them because I learned so much about players. Um, so I never played with White um, until I played in the state open. I learned more than 36 holes about White in, in that because golf really exposes you when you're out in competition. I've played a bunch with KB. I've, I've played the most with Callahan. So, you know, it just really exposes who you are as a person when you, you play. So, I mean, that'd be nice to be able to do, uh, but it uh, – it doesn't happen. I played uh, six holes with Ledbetter back in late 80s with uh, my buddy Dick. And, I mean, he's he's very precise, goes about it very slow, robotic, and that's the way he teaches. So it's kind of transferred from the golf course to the, the lesson tee. I think the style of a coach kind of determines. Like, you have to first, in my opinion, look at their personality because I think their personality will bleed over into the way that they teach and the way that they kind of mentor people on and off the golf course. Yeah. So, hey, I got a question for everybody here. So what style coach? Now, you know what you know in the seats you're in now. So you're going to go out and pick a coach that's going to coach you in golf. What style would you look for, KB? Kind of an energetic slash educational coach. Because I, I think I bring a lot of energy to the table in my lessons. I definitely am a fast talker, a lot of, lot of ambition. So um, that's kind of someone I would try to align myself with, someone who has that same type of drive and um determination and energy how about you White? i wanted somebody that cared like because i put in a lot of time and i wanted a coach that knew that um he appreciated the time i put in and i appreciated the time he put in so if he worked that hard i wanted to work as harder harder mm-hmm. so i just wanted somebody that could care you know cared about what i was doing cal i mean to piggyback on what why i said i think it's hugely important that uh the coach demonstrate that he absolutely cares 100% about the improvement of the player. Um, so a coach like that, absolutely. I would also like a coach that kind of what KB said is energetic, is a good friend of mine, but is also able to kind of uh, nudge me back on track with a very open and honest conversation if I were to get off. I, I need someone who's very, who will lay down the law and put the foot down because I think sometimes we all struggle with a bit of uh, getting comfortable and having someone that you know that cares about you, but you know will kind of jump your gun if you need it is, is very important in my opinion. So finding the coach that will be your, a great friend of yours and also will push you harder than anyone I think is important. That's interesting. Knowing all three of you guys, you just spoke about yourselves. 
Which that's, you did. That's what I was about to say. You Every just, single one of us just, just spoke about yourself. So the, the point of that is, is you got to be, you got to reflect on who you are. This is one of these honesty. Okay, who is Quinn Griffin? Okay, I'm, I'm a goal oriented guy. I wake up in the morning. What goal am I going to accomplish today? Okay, task oriented. Okay, I'm going to study. Okay, so that's probably why Ledbetter's taught me my whole career because he's that. Okay. So it's no mistake along those lines. So I think what you got to do is identify who you are and have a most honest conversation. You know, we did that strength finders test. You remember when you guys uh, about two months ago by Gallup, we found out your five top uh, traits. I, I do one of those strength finders tests on, your, on yourself and find out your traits. And then when you go interview, bring in one of your traits. Hey, I'm this kind of a person. I'm, I'm an analytic. How does that match up with you? You know, and then I think you can just mine down and find the right coach. And that kind of brings us kind of to the, the next part where I want to go with this is, uh, is being a good student as well. If you're not a good student, then your coach can do everything, do everything right, but you're not going to align and you're not going to reach your objectives. So I think that's also very important is being a good student. That gets back to what I said earlier. You got to match it. If, if I come with an intensity of nine, you got to be nine. So this find the person's intensity because not everybody walks in the door here has an intensity of nine or 10. They might have an intensity of three. So make sure you teach them with that intensity that they want, and then you guys will never get in trouble like that. I think in order to be a good student every single day, you have to come with the understanding that I am going to be open to new possibilities. I'm going to be open to the idea that I might have no clue what I'm doing here. You're going to be uncomfortable. Exactly, yeah. because golf is not a game that you're just going to pick it up. Like that, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think another thing a really good teacher does is doesn't overload your mind with, like, five thoughts. He gives you one thought because it's going to take one thought, could take that one thought, it could take three months change. So it gives you one step at a time, kind of like, like a domino effect. You just want one at a time. So in recap, the listeners should have a couple of different things when determining what coach to pick. The first one would be qualifications. Do they have the right qualifications to match up with what your goals are and what you're trying to accomplish? And can they take you from point A to point B with the knowledge that they know? The second one would be the setup, so their facility, whatever they have to offer you from a technology standpoint or from a teaching standpoint to help you reach those goals. If you're trying to have lofty goals and play really good golf and you're all you're doing is hitting on a range with no launch monitor, no video, no nothing, and he's just looking at your swing or she, it's going to be tough to reach those goals. And then the third thing would be an investment. So a teacher, you want to make sure that your instructor is invested in you, invested in your goals, um, and then also there for the life skills as well. It's not just about golf, but we're trying to develop individuals and life skills here. And the last thing would be price. Make sure the price aligns with what your budget is in for. And then on top of that, make sure you have the availability to do that. Be a good student. There make you sure go. you ask those questions. Yeah, you're make right. Make sure you're, you, you challenge yourself. Make sure you challenge the coach himself. You know, just be that, be that person that asks those hard questions. And be ready to learn every single day. Come ready. Yeah, be prepared. Be hungry. That's so if you ever have any questions, just reach out to us at info at apexgolflab.com, and we can help you navigate finding a coach if you need a little bit more help with that. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. See you later. This is KB signing off. This is Wyatt Larkin. We'll see you guys later. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Cal. And this is Quinn.